Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Good morning. If we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life. And uh, all right, I'm going to split you guys. Our world is so divided, I'm going to divide you some more. Uh, I want team pumpkin pie and team apple pie. If you're on team apple pie, raise your hand. Team pumpkin pie. You can't be both. You all are always trying to be both. Team pumpkin pie for me. Although um, I did make an apple pie this year, so that was a first for Thanksgiving. Um, but man, I love pumpkin pie. It's so good. Um, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, Liz and I did. She already told you about that. And um, as I was kind of thinking about like what, it's a season where you think about what you're grateful for, right? And so I was thinking about what I'm grateful for in my family. Uh, we started this thing with the kids where we just go around the table saying what we're thankful for. Um, and one of the first things that popped in my mind was our church. Like, I'm really thankful for this body of believers, for um, all of you here, for how you guys uh, use your gifts and talents to serve the church. Um, I just love who we are as a church. And I love going to this Christmas season, thinking about, like, adopt a family and just celebrating Jesus' light. So um, I'm thankful for all of you so much. I'm glad you guys are here with us. So now that we've eaten our turkey, we've eaten our pumpkin pie or uh, apple pie, you've watched some football, you've taken your naps, you've eaten more turkey and more leftover pumpkin pie, now we can move on and we can celebrate the season of Christmas. So let me tell you, Merry Christmas. I'm so glad it is the Christmas season. Um, And so in this season of Christmas, I, I wish that we could invite our entire community, our entire Muhammad, your neighbors in uh, wherever you may live in Champaign or Urbana. Um, I wish we could just invite everybody here, but we can only invite a thousand households. So we, we printed up these little cards. They're just door hangers, and we're just going to go around and we're going to boop them on people's doors as fast as we can. Just boop. You don't have to ring the doorbell or anything. And I just need your help to get these out. If you're watching online, you can message us. Message us. If you're here in person, you can just sign up on the back table. There's a bunch of printouts there with neighborhoods on them, and you can just go back there, um, grab the neighborhood that you want to hang door hangers on, and um, it's as easy as that, and just sign up there. Um, there are uh, roughly 9,000 people in Muhammad. You guys can correct me on that if I'm wrong. The sign says 8,000. I think it's more. And there's 2.8 people per household. So getting 1,000 of these out, that's roughly about um, a third of Muhammad, maybe a fourth of Muhammad, somewhere in between. So I would love to invite our community to church. I think there's so many people just questioning right now, like looking for something authentic in their spirituality. And I would love for them to discover that. Um, so help me out. Hand these out. Um, you can sign up there. If you got any questions, you can let me know by uh, just asking me. Um, today, first day of Advent, and we are starting our new series called Christmas Revealed, uh, where we're just looking at this season of hope, looking at how Jesus has come to earth, revealed himself as Savior and the light of the world. Uh, Advent, you know, it's this month-long celebration of the coming of Jesus. And Advent literally means the coming. And so for a month, we just celebrate the coming of Jesus because it's that big of a deal. Um, You guys 
hear the word Emmanuel, right? It's a word you hear around Christmas time. It's a word you might see written in big cursive letters on a Christmas card, maybe. You sing it in Christmas songs, and that word just means God with us. And I really love celebrating Advent with that in mind. God is with us. Isn't that a beautiful thing, that the God of the universe is with us? So as we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the coming love of Jesus to be with us. Of course, we know it's already here, and we celebrate that now. And so traditionally, we celebrate each Sunday of Advent with a theme. Today was hope. Um, Then we move on to faith and joy, and lastly, love. So this week, we celebrate the gift of hope that we receive, not only from Jesus, but also primarily in and through Jesus. The gift of hope is from, in, and through Jesus. So our scripture for today is found in Isaiah. You can turn with me there if you want. Um, Isaiah 9, we're going to look at 2 through 7. So if you've got a device, you can look it up there. If you've got a Bible, you can read it from there. I'm going to read from um, um, a more par- paraphrased version today. Just because this is a verse that we hear often around Christmas time, I want us to hear it with some fresh ears. But feel free to follow along um, in whatever ver- version you're reading. So Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunbursts of light, you repopulated the nation You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. The joy of great celebration, sharing rich gifts and warm greetings. The abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants and all their whips and clubs and curses is gone. Done away with. A deliverance. As surprising and as sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. The boots of those invading troops, along with their shirts soaked with innocent blood, will be piled in a heap and burned, a fire that will burn for days. For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. He'll rule from the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going with fair dealings and right living beginning now and lasting always. The zeal of God of the angel armies will do all of this. These verses, they're just packed with hope. And today we're going to look at how Jesus brings us this hope by being, as Isaiah says in that first verse, a great light in our dark world. After all, why would we even need to hope in anything If there were no darkness, just using the word hope implies that there's something wrong with the world. There's some sort of darkness, something that's not right. In our current condition, something needs to be remedied, and that's why we hope. 
I don't think any of us would deny that the world is broken. We turn on the TV, we see the news, we see the broken choices of other people hurting others every single day. We know it in our own experience. We've been hurt by other people's brokenness. We know it also because we ourselves have brought brokenness into the world. We've hurt others. We almost intrinsically know that the world is full of darkness. We've experienced it. We've witnessed it. We've caused it. We need the hope of a pure light in our dark world. And so this idea of hope is the looking forward to the remedy that can restore our broken human condition. It's why at Christmas, on the Christian calendar, every month is, uh, at the, every December is a month-long celebration of this hope, of Jesus bringing restoration to us. And so we yearn so deeply for the light of Jesus. And since he has come, we celebrate big. We celebrate all month long. When you ask people, what's Christmas all about? If you were to go on the street and ask that, you would get great answers like family, uh, friends, togetherness, generosity, love. And those are wonderful things. They're great. I myself celebrate all of those things at Christmas. They're great truths. But they're little T truths, not capital T truths. The capital T truth that I'm celebrating, that we're celebrating as a church this year and every year, is that Jesus is the light and hope of the world. And God has come to put an end to darkness. So we celebrate Christmas. And we're celebrating this cure to the darkness. We are celebrating Jesus' power and authority over evil and darkness in our lives. Because we have this condition where each one of us has done wrong. We've done something to hurt others. We've done things that cause God to grieve. Because this is not how God intends us to live life. And we call these things sins. It's our wrongdoings. And whether it's the lie you told as a kid or the single finger you raised at a driver that cut you off on your way to Thanksgiving this week, we've all done wrong. And we need forgiveness for those things so that we can live in the light. We can live with God every day as he intended. That's really unexpected, isn't it? Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but it's true. The living God of the universe wants to live life with you. Here and now, even today. It's not just about after we die. It starts here today that we get to live life with Jesus. So he offers us forgiveness even for the worst things we've ever done. If you've never heard that, it's a beautiful surprise. If you've heard that before, if you think about it, it's still a beautiful surprise. Christmas is that time of year where unexpected things happen. It seems like oftentimes it centers around gifts. There's just those fun gifts that you get for somebody that they never saw coming. Or maybe someone gets you a gift or does an act of kindness that you are just so thankful for that you never saw coming. I've got a couple of videos, just two little scenes of some people experiencing um, an unexpected gift. So let's play those. Hi. 
Unexpected gifts. Anybody ever give or receive a puppy for Christmas? Anybody? Raise the hands. Nobody in here? Me neither. Uh, I think it's so fun. I When I was looking for an unexpected gift video, like there's hours you can watch of people just getting puppies for Christmas or cats. It's like a whole YouTube theme if you want to spend a bunch of time. Um, unexpected gifts. And Christmas is um, we see this all the time, and it's not just that kind of gifts. You know, you see like people, um, I've seen churches pay off like tons of debt for people. You know, I've seen some of those big churches just like pay millions of dollars of debt for people. I think that's awesome. Uh, we're doing adopt a family, right? And I love delivering these presents. As a pastor, I get to be one of the people that delivers the presents to the families, and I just give them to the parents, and the parents give them to the kids. But just to see the parents, they think they're giving us a list where we're going to get like two or three or four presents, and we get them all, and I love that. And so they're just like shocked. They can't believe we got them all. Um, so it's just a fun way to um, love people in our community. Um, in my, uh, When I was a kid, we were traveling for Christmas on Christmas Eve and, and Christmas, and so my parents decided... Uh, to surprise us by having Christmas early. And so we came home from church one day. My dad had gotten there a little bit early, um, and, and Santa had come a little bit early. It was awesome. And so he uh, uh, put all the presents out before we got there because he knew that we were going to be traveling. And so um, we get there, and all our presents are out. We couldn't believe it. It was like a total shock. Like in my five-year-old brain, on my five-year-old wisdom, I had no idea that Christmas could come early. It was crazy. It was inconceivable that that could happen. We were so surprised that we got our presents early that year. The Christmas season is full of surprises, and the Christmas story is full of surprises too. Uh, this great light that Isaiah talks about in verse 2, it's not only a surprise, but the way that Jesus shows up, the way that this uh, great light shows up is an absolute shocker, total surprise, way out of the ordinary, unexpected, inconceivable. We've got Zacharias and Elizabeth. They, they are told by an angel that they're going to have a baby. That's, that's pretty cool, right? Like if an angel came to Liz and I and said, hey, you guys are going to have a baby, I'd be like, whoa, cool. This must be a really special baby we're going to have then. That's awesome. But the unexpected thing was, A, 
that he was that their baby was going to announce uh, the coming Savior, the coming Messiah that the that the whole Jewish world was waiting on. Um, that he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and and great in the eyes of God. And then beyond that, uh, Elizabeth was told uh, that she's going to have a baby, but she's way past childbearing age. So that part was completely unexpected. And then we've got Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and she's just a little peasant girl, you know? Like, she's no king's daughter. She doesn't have any royal blood that we know of. She's not the daughter of a high priest or somebody important. An angel comes to her and says, Hey, Mary, you're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. You're going to be his mom. <laughs> and she's like, Okay, I am. Your baby's going to vanquish evil and darkness in the world. You get to be his mom. And then there's Joseph, just a regular guy working with his dad making furniture. The only thing that he had going for him was that his great-grandfather was a king. Actually, his let me get this right. Uh, his great, 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 great grandfather was a king. Which that could be special, but you know, there's probably a couple thousand people that could claim that royal title in their blood at that time. So nothing too remarkable there. There's the shepherds who get to see Jesus first. And without going into much detail with these shepherds, um, they were the lowest of the low. Like they're seen as dirty, gross, unclean people. They slept with their sheep. They smelled. No kids at the time grew up saying, when I, wanna, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. That wasn't a thing that kids said. Maybe if they came in their, your restaurant, you'd be like, hey, you want to take your food to go? Maybe uh, eat on the patio or something, you know? Yet a whole host, hundreds, maybe thousands of angels appear to them and they sing to them, and they tell them how uh, the, the Messiah has been born and that they get to be one of the first to go see him. Now, I'm just Dan, but if I had God's ear, I might be like, hey, God, maybe not go to the shepherds. Maybe, like, go to Jerusalem where the temple is. Put a bunch of angels around the temple. Tell it to the priests, the important people, the rulers, the kings. Maybe go tell them about the Savior, but that's not how God works. He works in unexpected ways. And then a few years later, there's these guys that come from a foreign land. They aren't even Jewish, but they come with gifts fit for a king. Gold, frankincense, myrrh, because they recognize that he's the Messiah, the saving light of the world. The unexpected story of this invading light doesn't just stop at the Christmas story. It continues and even grows throughout the life of Jesus. As Jesus encounters people in completely unexpected ways. And many people that he, um, he brings his unexpected kingdom to are the poor, are the needy, are people who are seen as outcasts, the sinners. And he even brings his kingdom and offers it to the rich, to the greedy, he brings his great light and vanquishes darkness in their lives. And Jesus returns to heaven, yet his great light remains. We read in Acts and the rest of the books of the Bible of how this light was shining through his followers, carried on by his followers, breaking darkness, not only in their own lives, but also those around them. 
And though we run out of pages of Scripture, the light that's come into this darkness doesn't stop. His light continues to work in my life and in your life through us. He continues to break the hold of darkness in, through, and around those who love him. How cool is that? What an unforeseen way to bring hope, to use broken people like you and I to bring his hope and light into the world. This is what God does with grace and kindness. He has a surprise for us around every corner. We see throughout the unified story of Scripture that God loves doing beautiful things in ways that we might see as backwards or unintuitive. Just like, that's not the way you do things. You don't tell shepherds that you're bringing the Messiah. You don't use broken people like me to get your message across. And his timing is not our timing. His plans, they're not our plans. His timing is more beautiful, like an enduring poem that weaves throughout our whole lives. His plans are divine, immortal plans that are beyond our scope of understanding. And I like it that way. I like that his plans are greater and bigger than mine. I like that I'm not the one that's coming up with a plan to bring everlasting peace to our world, like Isaiah talks about. One of Jesus' early followers, um, apostles named Paul, he wrote this to his friends in, Corinthian, uh, in Corinth. This is in 1 Corinthians. Um, he says this, This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things just. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. And so when I begin to think, like, God's not going to keep forgiving me for this. I keep messing up. When I start thinking I've done so much wrong, God doesn't want to live life with me anymore. He's rejected me. When I begin to think, why would God want to give me his peace and grace when I can't even seem to give that to others? We have to remember that God's plans are greater. That's how our human brain works, our wisdom processes, how God might act. But over and over in Scripture, God says that he's not a man. He doesn't act like you and I. And we believe that because that's part of the darkness that we live in. We're blind to the way of our loving God, except for the fact that we have his words, his thoughts about us, right here, right here in this Bible. This is where his thoughts for us are. So much so, um, and it tells us that he loves us so much so that he's willing to put his life on the line, his life down for us, so that we can receive forgiveness. Jesus is our great light. So now we understand that our world is dark and God is sending and has sent his healing light 
So we can ask the question, what can happen to our lives when the great light comes upon us? What, what happens to our lives when we receive this great light? We can go right back to that scripture in Isaiah. If you read it, you can read through it. You can see what happens to our lives. Um, verse 3, people will rejoice. Verse 4, we break the yoke. He breaks the yoke of slavery. Um, also, verse 4, there's no more oppression. Verse 5, there's no more war. Verse 6, we receive a better king than anyone could ever imagine. A powerful one. Ultimate power over evil. Yet is a wise, yet is wise, and like a father, he's protective, and he brings his never-ending peace to us. John, one of the writers um, of the Bible, um, and also one of Jesus' disciples, he wrote this. This is in John 1. The Word, that's Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light, again, that's Jesus, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Friends, Jesus wants to shine his light on you in your life. He wants to extinguish whatever darkness you may find yourself in today. Like going into a dark room and just flicking on a light. Darkness has to leave in the presence of Jesus. It has no choice because the power of the light, the power of the great light, Jesus, is so much stronger, is so much greater has no chance against Jesus. And so Jesus offers that light, that great light in our lives to each and every one of us. And it starts by simply saying yes to him, yes to his grace, yes to his love, yes to his forgiveness, yes to his great light. And it's almost as simple as just flicking on that light. And if you can't point back to a time in your life where you said yes to Jesus, and I would love to talk to you about that today. You can talk to me afterwards. You can send me a me message if you're watching online. What that looks like to say yes to Jesus today. Yes to his forgiveness. Yes to his light. And if you have said yes to Jesus already in your life, there's always more light to be had. You can't, over, you can't have too much of the great light. You can't have too much of Jesus' great light. Perhaps there's an area of darkness you feel in your life. Maybe it's something you caused. Maybe it's something that was no fault of your own at all. Something that was done to you. Or maybe it's something else. Whatever it is, whatever darkness it is, Jesus wants to give you his light as a free gift, as a free, unexpected Christmas gift. He offers us his light. And so we can invite him into our space every day. No matter how many times uh, you've said yes to Jesus, you just keep saying yes to him on a daily basis. Like, Jesus, I accept your light. I accept your forgiveness. Last week, we, uh, Liz talked about our, our failures, how we've failed. We've all failed in some way. And she, um, she, she invited us to... Uh, picture ourselves with Jesus um, like Peter did. Peter was at a campfire with Jesus, and they had this conversation. 
And we're just saying, Jesus, where do you want to bring light into my life? I think he offers so much, uh, so much forgiveness for whatever is going on in your life, so much light for your life. Jesus offers that to us every day. And I think sometimes for us that have been following Jesus for a while, we forget that. And we, we build up this, uh, what, what we think is this distance between us and God, but Jesus is right here, ready to bring his light into our life. And all we have to do is say, Jesus, I would like your light in this situation. Bring this light to um, my family situation, to my work situation, whatever is going on. Jesus wants to bring his light into your life. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are so thankful. So thankful for your light. Thankful that Christmas has become this big celebration all month long of you. And while the world celebrates these little tea truths that you've given us and we thank you for them, this month we celebrate the big tea truth of your light coming into our lives, forgiving, giving us mercy and kindness, everlasting peace in our lives, we thank you for. Jesus, we ask for more of your light. We can't have too much. We ask for more of you. And whatever rooms or corners we have in our life that are still dark, we invite your light into them. And do what you do. Forgive them, redeem them, restore them. Make them whole again. Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.